Hey, hey, welcome into the Big Ten Huddle. I'm your host, JR, and we are here to talk about all the things going on in the Big Ten. We're going to talk about these Week 9 games, preview them, talk about the matchups, who we think are going to do well, who we think might struggle a little bit, what we think score predictions are going to be, things like that. So we're going to have a great time. I have my man Brandon here from the LEO uh, Indiana podcast for Big Banter Sports. We were supposed to have Max from the Ski U podcast, but his internet went out right before we were supposed to hop on here. So that's why we're starting a little bit late. Sorry about that. But we are going to have a great time uh, hanging out and talking through some of these games. Brandon, how you doing today? I'm I'm doing great. Um, Max, really sorry you couldn't join us. Um, I stole your signs, so I was fully prepared. <laughs> to debate you and win, but you know, unfortunately live to see another day. He just got so scared. He <laughs> ran away. Uh, I, I stole the signs because yeah. apparently that matters so much. I'm sh- I'm sure we'll talk about it, but yes. um, yeah. we're, we will get into the Michigan stuff. We're actually going to save that until the end of the show. So if you want to hear us talk about that, tune in until the end or just go ahead and skip ahead. If you're listening to the podcast now, who cares? You can just do that if you want. Uh, but Brandon, you want to take a minute and tell people where they can find your podcast at? Yeah. Uh, you can find us uh, at LEO podcast on, um, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. We were also briefly on threads. I think we have like a dozen followers on the previous rage of threads. Um, our podcast, we don't do video because we're a bunch of old men. Um, but, uh, you can find our podcast on basically everywhere that podcast platforms exist. Apple, um, Android, Spotify, SoundCloud, you, you name it. The LEO podcast exists. Um, we do two shows, one preview, one post game. So, um, for all you diehard Indiana fans, um, come check us out. Or if you just want to hear us people rant like you want to feel better about yourself like if you're down on your program (laughs) state um you know and you want to come feel better about yourself you can come listen to us it's funny i look at the power rankings i put on there where i compare everybody's on twitter and it's always michigan state and indiana there at the bottom (laughs) so you guys you guys can find some community there together and uh enjoy each other's company so (laughs) misery loves company hey but basketball season right that's starting up I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, let's get into some of these games. We have uh, Michigan State, Minnesota. We we're going to talk about that one first because of Max, which I guess we'll still talk about that one first. Uh, yeah. Michigan State is at Minnesota. Minnesota is favored by seven points. The over-under on this is 40 and a half. Uh, this is an interesting matchup. Minnesota coming off a big win versus Iowa. Michigan State coming off a pretty big loss to Michigan, 49 to nothing. That was kind of just a product of, I think, Michigan being very angry about the news coming out. Um, so that was a big deal. Brandon, what, what are some of your thoughts on this one? Um, my thought, like anytime a game PJ Fleck is in, I want to root for the other team. Um, there is no bigger clown in all of college football. And this is the big 10, um, than PJ Fleck. Um, he can go row his boat literally anywhere else, but there isn't a more of an embarrassment of, of a program on and off the field in Michigan state. Um, so I want, I will be, if I have to choose gun to head, um, I'm, I'm taking Minnesota minus seven. Um, what I'm mostly doing is taking the under both of these offenses are pretty brutal. Um, they have playmakers on the defensive end. Uh, Cal Halliday for Michigan State's really good. 
Uh, Minnesota has, has, has a strong front seven. Um, over and under 40 points seems like a lot, but when you're dealing with a Big Ten West team, um, it's not as much as you think. <laughs> Yep. So uh, I would lean Minnesota minus seven here, um, but I feel better about the under. What about you? Yeah, I, uh, I think I would have to go with the under as well. Uh, when, whenever you talk Big Ten West, I feel like that's kind of what you have to do and where you have to go first. But um, I really feel like it's going to be the defense here from Minnesota that wins them the game. I think Darius Taylor is a good back, and from everything I know, he's playing in this one, Athen Kaliak Manis. Um, I mean, I I think he completed seven balls to one wide receiver last week. The yep. Jackson kid, uh, Daniel Jackson, he had like ten targets, seven catches, and then his running back had the other three. I think um, so. Uh, obviously, part of that is Iowa, a product of what Iowa wants to do on defense. So I do think he's going to bounce back and have a better game against Michigan State. Uh, they have some players entering the transfer portal. Right now, none from the secondary I've seen, but at least some from the uh, defensive line are getting in there. So um, I think, unfortunately, for Michigan State, this is just one of those seasons where, you know, guys are entering the portal. It's going to be less and less. And uh, watching the games is really more about finding some of those younger players that can can make a difference that way. So um, I think Nathan Carter could have a good game. It's going to be interesting to see if Caton Hauser has a good game because he's kind of faced some tough competition uh, between Rutgers defense and Michigan, obviously last week trying to get into this. So um, that's, yeah. that'll be really interesting. What were you um, I, uh, so we're what into week eight or week nine into the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I've hit, I've hit three parlays, um, two, two, four bangers and a five banger. Um, one of them, I had Rutgers money line in that Rutgers Michigan oh, State nice. game. I watched every single second of Rutgers Michigan State, uh, and I'm a worse man for it. Um, <laughs> but the only way Michigan State like won that game is they had, sh- or not won that game, but scored points is because they constantly had short fields. Yeah. Um, Rutgers muffed punts. Rutgers turn um, had uh, on their side of the field turnovers. Michigan State can not score. Um, Minnesota's defense is really, really good. Um, but really, I'm not sure how either team moves the ball. Um, Minnesota is currently averaging less than 140 yards passing the ball. They're running the ball for 175, which is pretty good. But Michigan State only allows 115. Mm-hmm. So again, the the only way either team is going to be able to score is special teams. Or, or turnovers or short fields. Give me Minnesota doing both of those better. Yeah, I think so, for sure. I think that Minnesota, for sure, you know, threatens with the run game better than some other teams have. Uh, and I don't think Athen Kaliak manis at least this year, is that much of a threat. So I think Michigan State is going to flood the box and really try to make Minnesota throw more. But I still think it's going to be too much. I, I just don't have much confidence in Michigan State with how many players are losing in the transfer portal. If I had to give a score prediction on this one, I'd say... 17, maybe 24 to 13, uh, going with Minnesota. Um, I think you'll hit the under, and I think most likely Michigan State will cover, but there's always the off chance Minnesota gets a late touchdown or something like that, and uh, they they hit the over there, or they they uh, they cover there. So, so yeah. Any more thoughts on this one, Brandon? No. I'm, again, I got it by slim margin. I got it 20 to 12, Minnesota. 20 to 12. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to your Hoosiers at Penn State this week. Um, yeah. Yeah. Woohoo. I know you're going to pick the upset on this one, right? Um, I, I honestly, I can probably look to see what the uh, uh, Indiana money line is plus 2,500. No. Um, yes. So I just got done uh, previewing uh, this game on the LEO podcast. And I'm just going to use my same exact line put your life savings your house, everyone that you, everything that you own on Penn State minus 32. IU can not move the ball. Yeah. They don't have any, they don't, they just fired their coordinator. Their new coordinator might be worse. They've had three guys play under center. They don't have a running back averaging over five yards a carry. They don't have a wide receiver a- averaging over 50 yards a game. They will not be able to move the ball against an average defense. They are playing the number one scoring defense in the entire country and the number two overall um, defense in the entire country. We just talked about, I don't, we don't know how Minnesota and Minnesota and uh, Michigan state is going to score. JR, I don't know if IU scores in this game. And if they do, it will be a fourth quarter garbage time touchdown. Um, but nobody wants to hear about IU. Let's jump to the other side, right? This is a get-right game. Um, this this is this is the game you want after a loss that uh, that Penn State had. Um, Drew uh, Drew Aller was very disappointing. Um, the run game had its spots, but it was mostly disappointing. Um, I think uh, they probably had a long long week of practice, and they are going to take it out on IU. Um, if you just look what they've done, other than last week, uh, Penn State. If I believe, I might be this might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they were one of like five teams that was undefeated against the spread. I'm pretty sure before last week they were six and zero against the spread before last right. before last week. I think I think they get right back on that. Um, I I actually think they win by forty. Um, my prediction on the LEO podcast, and I'll stick it with here. I think it is forty seven to six. 47 to six. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, I think Penn state's going to come out angry. I think that they're going to come out and try to just dominate as best they possibly can. And also, I mean, being at home too, those fans want something uh, to hold on to. And even though a, a blowout game against Indiana is not going to be much to hold on to, it's going to at least make the fans feel a little bit better. If Drew Aller comes out there and has one of those games where he's just passing the ball, uh, high completion percentage, you know, maybe not the most yards in the world, but he's efficient. Uh, and Nick Singleton and Katron Allen have one of those games uh, where they are really able to take care of business running the football. Um, I want to see that offensive line run the football a little bit better. Uh, they right. run the football well in the first half against Ohio State. Um, as somebody who roots for Ohio State, that concerned me a little bit. I was like, man, 20-yard run. I think there was a 12-yard run uh, in there. So, um, you know, they Nick Singleton had a good game in the first half. And then I went back and looked at the stats in the second half. They had six rushes for six yards with their running backs in the second half. So, I mean, the running game just completely let them down in the second half. Maybe you could say that Mike Yersich abandoned it too fast, uh, possibly. But at the same time, they were also down in that game, and it's really hard to come back when you're only running the ball like that. Um, but they have they have to get through third down conversions here. One for 16 last week against Ohio State. You have got to be better than that, especially against a team like IU. I agree with you. I think this is a get-right game for them. I would not be surprised if Penn State has another you know, 50, 60-point game 
and this one just really takes it to IU. Um, if we're being honest here, Tom Allen is just a, a, a dead man walking. I mean, yes. he, he's going to be gone. Uh, I don't know why he's not gone yet. It is obvious that the sooner you fire your coach, the sooner you can like try to get into figuring out what you're going to do, uh, who you're going to uh, higher and that kind of stuff. So it just doesn't make any sense to me that they kept around. They already fired the offensive coordinator. The new offensive coordinator is already terrible. Um, you know, those players deserve better. I do think that there are good players on the IU's offense. I think Taven Jackson is a good player. I think Jalen Lucas is a good player. I think Cam Camper is a pretty good player. Uh, but unfortunately, they just don't. They don't have the coaching. They don't have the offensive line. They don't have the players around them that they need to really showcase their skills and do things. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. I I'm thinking take the over as well. I could be, see it being some kind of like 56 to three or something like that. Where Penn, Penn state will clear the injury. over Penn state will clear the over by themselves. Yeah. He'll, I feel confident about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just about how much do they let Indiana have? Do they let them get a garbage time touchdown? Do they let them hang around in the first, you know, half at all? Um, I, I, I don't see another, Northwestern performance from Penn State where they like are tied 10 to 10 at halftime. I just, I don't see it happening. So, any other thoughts on that one, Brandon? Please, God, don't make me talk anymore about <laughs> IU football. All right, let's move on to the next one. All right, our next game that we're going to be looking at is Ohio State at Wisconsin. Some people are looking at this as kind of like a trap game for Ohio State. They had the big win against Penn State last week. Ohio State is favored. By 14 and a half, the over-under on this is 45 and a half. I know that um, the uh, big game boomer has picked Ohio State to be upset like twice already this year, and he's picked them again to be on upset alert. So um, I don't know if there's some kind of vendetta there, but, you know, hey, he, he sees something, I guess. But I don't know. I feel like if Ohio State comes in and they take care of business as they should, you know, this – this Ohio state team is the better team to me. Um, I think Braylon Allen is the best running back on the field. Uh, even if Trevion Henderson plays, I still like Braylon Allen better than that, but I don't think there's any place on the field. I would take any position group or any player over an Ohio state player. Maybe if Tanner Mordecai was playing, take him over Kyle McCord, maybe, uh, but he's not playing. So Braden lock or Bra- Brandon lock, Braden lock, Braden lock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Braden Locke, I I don't think that he is the guy to uh, you know come in and light a spark as the backup and do anything for this team. At least not against Ohio State. He might do that uh, in another game, but uh, I think it was pretty telling last week that Wisconsin came out a little flat against Illinois, and and you know that that running game had to save them and that defense had to save them uh, in that one. So it'll be interesting. We'll see what happens. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Braden? So I was down on Wisconsin coming into the season. Um, my it not so funny joke at all. Um, mine was Tanner, just a guy. Um, I didn't think he was. I think he. I didn't think he was very special at all. Yeah. Um, uh, he's out indefinitely. He has a broken hand. Um, you know, when you're a quarterback, you you need two. Um, yeah. Even if it isn't your throwing hand, you you still need two hands. So um, I think it is going to be Braden Locke. Now there's there's some special places. There's some special places. Camp Randall on a Saturday night game is a special place. Magic can happen. 
but to channel my inner Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. <laughs> this this is gonna get ugly. Um, Ohio State may cover the spread in in the first half, mm. um, just because the only way Wisconsin is gonna be able to win this game is on the ground, and Ohio, Ohio State will not let you beat them the way that you want to beat them. Um, especially if you look at how they've lost in years past, they they've lost by attacking that secondary. Now that secondary has been better this year, but okay. I still think that's the way you get to, I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's the way you're going to get to Ohio state. Wisconsin cannot do that. Um, they just, they don't have the quarterback, uh, even though they have the system. Um, my big thing going into the year was it was going to take a year, maybe two for fickle to get his guys, um, and, and his philosophy, Phil Longo's, um, that's the offensive coordinator there, right? Yeah. Um, their system in place with their guys, there's going to be a transition. They're five and two. So they're, they're kind of doing what Wisconsin does. Um, but I, I give this slim to no chance. Um, Ohio state bigly. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot to give my score prediction there. I actually think Ohio state's offense is going to keep on with their struggles a little bit. I think I'm going to go with the patented uh, Michigan score early in the season, the 31 to 10, where, uh, you know, they were scoring basically that same score uh, every game. But yeah, I think Ohio State, I think they go to Marvin Harrison Jr. again. I think Kyle McCord will probably struggle with some of the accuracy and stuff like that. Uh, I would not be surprised if this is at the end of the first quarter, a nothing to nothing game. Um, Ohio State just comes out slow uh, and Kyle McCord hasn't been helping that. Um, they scored on the first drive last week against Penn State, but um, I think that's only happened twice this year. I think that happened against IU and against Wisconsin, if I'm not mistaken, or uh, against Indiana and Penn State. Sorry, Indiana and Penn State this year. So um, they, they, they're just not coming out very fast and not doing a great job of that. So I see it probably being like 31 to 10, something like that. Uh, if I were going to take, you know, to cover, I would probably still pick Ohio State, um, but I don't. I don't think they'll score much more than thirty if they even get above thirty. What's your score prediction, Brandon? Yeah, no. So I, I got thirty-seven ten um, again, taking it over, um, just because I think the time of possession is going to be so lopsided. I think the Ohio State is going to have the ball. It, it might be close because in the in the first quarter, first quarter and a half, um, just because of the magic of Camp Randall and the place will be hopping. Um, but, uh, I just don't, uh, it's gonna, the, the time of possession and, uh, the talent is just going to overflow as, as the game progresses. Um, so I think it's just going to get a wider and mar- wider margin. So I got 37, 10 Ohio state in the over. Yeah. I think, uh, Luke fickle will get one of these upsets. One of these years. I just don't think it's, I, I just don't think it's this year. So, all right, let's move on to the next one. We have Maryland at Northwestern. Uh, Maryland, of course, has lost two in a row. It's kind of interesting how that happened, but they are favored in this one by 13 and a half. The over- you know how it happened. Game. Come on. You know how it happened. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? Mike Loxley. <laughs> Talia deserves better. Um, I, I think I'm probably the Turtleheads guys are crazy. Um, but I'm probably the biggest Talia fan um, yeah. that that isn't on the Turtleheads podcast. And Mike Loxley is just he's so bad. Um, he can he's a heck of a recruiter, but just as a coach, you know, um, he he gets coached around in circles quite a bit. And I think I think that's what happened. 
last week. I actually do think Brett Bielema, um, I know, I know the Illinois guys are kind of getting a little on edge with him. Um, but you know, I, he's a better coach than Mike Loxley. Um, and I think that there, he won't have the coaching disadvantage in this game. Um, and, and also I just don't see how Northwestern can keep up with, with Maryland in this game. I love their offense. They can score so quickly. Um, so quick. I think they might, when you put in the, the average star ranking plus production, they gotta have the best offense in the big 10. You know, they, they don't, they don't have, have the playmakers as some of the others, but given what they got, their offense is super fun to watch. Um, Tali has won me a ton of money over his career when he isn't hurt. Um, but as long as he's on the field, um, and and there isn't a distinct coaching advantage for the other team. I consistently lean Maryland, and they have been nice to my bank account. <laughs> um, and, and plus, I mean, there is no home field advantage in going to Evanston. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is even with this one being at home for Northwestern, really the only home field advantage is that Maryland's traveling. That's that's about it. Um, nothing nothing against the fans or anything like that there. Um, but I think Northwestern fans are pretty much ready for basketball, kind of like Michigan State and Indiana are this season as well. Uh, but I mean, props to props to Northwestern. They did more this year than people thought they would. I mean, we had people picking them one, maybe two wins. They they thought, oh, the Howard win and maybe UTEP, but then lose all their games in the Big Ten. Uh, but props to them. They they won those games and they beat Minnesota. Um, I, I think Maryland is a more explosive team than Minnesota. I think Maryland has a better coach than Minnesota. Uh, personally, even though I don't think he's the greatest coach, I still think he's probably better than PJ Flick personally. Um, but I, and I think also just the star power of, of Tonga Vailoa. I mean, he is so good. He is so electric and he can carry that offense. I think his receivers are good too, but I think he also makes those receivers look better than they are sometimes. Yep. Uh, not to say they're bad. I think they're good playmakers. Uh, but then he also opens up the run game for Roman Hemby and Littleton um, and, and those different guys. So um, I think Maryland ends up this season probably eight and four. Uh, in order to do that, they have to win here. Um, so like I said, the over-under on this one is 48 and a half. The uh, favor is Maryland by 13 and a half. I forgot to write down my prediction for this one. If I was going <laughs> with one, I'd probably do something along the lines of 31 to 14, 31 to 17 or something like that. Uh, what do you got, Brandon? Yeah, 30 at, at 31 17, you're you're right there at the under. Oh, with, yeah, my- the, <laughs> with, with the hook. Yeah. Wow. The, yeah. So that's 48 points. Again, uh, I did go to IU, so I'm no mathematician, but I'm pretty sure 31 17 is 48. So you're okay. right there, right yeah, there. It is, the, it is right. <laughs> right there at the under. Traditionally, with Maryland, they're an over team. But again, I mean, Northwestern has put up some points. Like they said, you, like you pointed out, um, you know, they, they put up 37 against, against Minnesota. Um, you know, they were able to put up, um, uh, never mind. Who am I kidding? Minnesota's the outlier. Outside of the Minnesota game, they've scored 7, 14, 13, 23 against Howard, and 9 against um, Nebraska. Um, they now, did have 38 uh, against UTEP. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess the, the the pride of El Paso here. Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maryland's defense is sneaky. Um, I, I like the some other or I like the individual players more than the some other parts. Um, but again, I don't see how uh, Northwestern 
um, scores points here. Um, so I, again, I got another blowout. Uh, I, I got, I got Maryland big, but like I said, I am a huge Talia fan. So I, I'm going to go 40 to 10, um, with the slight over, uh, in this game. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Uh, just to defend myself for a minute, not that I have to or anything. I do think that even though this Maryland team is a better defense than I think people give them credit for those defenses that they faced Rutgers, I think is one of the better defenses in the big 10, uh, Duke, that's Mike Elko's specialty over there. Uh, Penn state. I mean, you just rattled off all their defensive stats and I think Nebraska is a sneaky, better defense than people give them credit for. I think they're, they're up there as well. Um, that I could just be a product of the Big Ten West. I have no idea, but um, you know, I think they're probably a better defense than people give them credit for. So, um, seventeen might be the high bar, but I'll take it. So, <laughs> all right, you ready for Purdue, Nebraska? Purdue, Nebraska. Um, well, I'm, I'm an IU guy, so you know who I'm taking here. Um, uh, take the corn. The, you gotta take the corn here. Um, my question to you. This is my analysis. What's going to get more viewers, Purdue, Nebraska, or Northwestern Maryland? Oh, I think Purdue, Nebraska. Yeah. Well, I, I think all those Purdue fans are going to be home. Purdue actually has a bigger fan base than I think I realized when I was rooting for the. Big they do sell out sport. every home game for sure, mm-hmm. and 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 you know how rapid that Nebraska fan base is. Now, I I do unfortunately have some Purdue friends. They're ready to run off their coach already oh um uh, uh so i feel like he's had an okay year so far <laughs> um so so yeah i mean i'm gonna take nebraska simply because lincoln's a tough place um but I, I don't have a great feel for this i honestly haven't watched a lot of nebraska football to be honest um so yeah. I, I i'd be curious on your analysis here um now now purdue gives up 400 yards a game yeah, that that is a lot. Mm-hmm. That is that is not a, that's defense optional here from a defensive coach. Um, so even though Nebraska struggles to score, um, I'll I'll say they score on a struggling offense or a struggling defense. Sorry. Yeah, the problem with Purdue is Ryan Walters is running uh, the defense like he has Devin Witherspoon on it. <laughs> I mean, he's doing man coverage all the time. Like even against Ohio State when I watched that game, it was like, dude, you're putting your corners on an island against Marvin Harrison Jr., Emeka Ibuka, and Cade Sto- like in your linebackers on Cade Stover. Like this is not going to end well for you. Um I think I do understand what he's doing. I think he's trying to establish that tough culture there. I think he knows the season is you know, they're not going to win anything this season most likely. Um so I think I, I think he's probably setting up for the future more than he is this season in general. Uh, but at the same time, I also look at Nebraska and they, they don't have the pass catchers on the outside. And if Harburg starts, he's, he's not a great thrower of the football. I mean, the dude has five touchdown passes and four interceptions on the season. That's not much better than Jeff Sims was. So uh, Nebraska, they just can't throw the ball this year. Um, of course, Hudson card has seven touchdown passes and five interceptions. So he's not better, but he does have, is he one of the bigger disappointments, Hudson Card? I mean, I, th- I feel like a lot of people had him, Big Banter, had yeah. him pretty high in the preseason rankings. I feel like he's been a, a massive disappointment. The only thing I'll say about that is um, I didn't know this until I watched the Ohio State-Purdue game because it was like the main talking point as they were blowing him out. But uh, Purdue has just kept losing 
more and more and more offensive linemen. Like ever since that Illinois game, they blew Illinois out. I mean, they they played a great game there. But ever since that Illinois game, they have just been losing offensive linemen like crazy. It's not quite as bad as Boston College was last year where they had defensive tackles playing guard, (laughs) you know. Um, But it's still not a good situation there. So um, I think I am going to end up taking Nebraska's defense to win the game for them in this one. I don't think it's going to be pretty. I think that over of 39 and a half is way, way, way too high. Um, I would not be. Isn't surprised. that so funny to say though? Cause it, like, it, it could be 28 and we could be like, maybe exactly. Maybe exactly. I could honestly, I could see this one being, and I'm going like high end here. Like, 17 to 13 or something like that. Nebraska wins. Um, and it's more because of, um, uh, it's more because of the defense, just, just getting pressure on card and, you know, Purdue doesn't have the running backs that they need. I guess they do have Mockaby there. So, uh, but if Mockaby gets in fumbling trouble, that's going to be bad for them. So, so yeah, I think Nebraska probably wins this one. I'm going to take, take them to cover uh, just very slightly and just, you know, the under all day on this one. I don't, I don't think Purdue's offense is going to be what they've been this season personally uh, to do what they need to do. Um, You look at the last two games, seven against Ohio state, 14 against Iowa. They've had offensive line issues. So, so yeah. Did you have a score prediction on this one? I do. I got a, I got a crooked score on this one. Um, I have 19 to 12. I think there's going to be weird, weird things that go on. I wouldn't surprise me to see a safety. Wouldn't surprise me if Purdue has to go for two um, to make it a closer game. I think weird, weird things tend to happen in these kind of games, right? Like yeah. these just absolutely ugly games. So, so give me a weird crooked score of 19 to 12 in Nebraska's favor. Nice. Weird night in, or weird afternoon in Lincoln. Right. I, uh, I was going to say this, and I almost forgot. I'm glad you said weird score. Um, I'm picking 13, and if you've watched Purdue this season, the kicking situation, you're like, John, that's so stupid. Why would you pick them to make two field goals? No, I'm not. I'm picking them to miss an extra point. There we go. <laughs> the, the there we kicking go. situation is not – did you hear what happened at the Ohio State-Purdue game with the kicking? I did, where the student made it, and yeah, that's that's not great. Yeah, I think Ryan Walters was secretly holding kicker tryouts during that time, so <laughs> – all right, uh, we'll finally get to what uh, probably a lot of people are itching to at least hear something about. Uh, we don't have any news to break on this. Uh, I'm sure if you've been following the Michigan shine stealing saga at all, you are probably caught up just as much, if not more, than we are. Um, I've been having some fun with it on Twitter personally, so I am caught up on it enough to do that. Uh, but at the end of the day, this whole situation has so many different avenues so many different things going on um we're just going to share our opinions here on this um and maybe get into a little bit of like will michigan be better or worse this season but brandon if if i just asked you what your general opinion is on this michigan situation right now what would you say i'm gonna answer your question with a question um would you say that michigan is a prestigious academic institution i would would you say this is insanely stupid the way they got caught (laughs) I would. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm more embarrassed for them with how they got caught. It was so obvious. Like, yeah. you always see, like, funny, um, you know, funny 
news headlines like guy that steals wallet gets caught you know doing what like that's it's just so dumb how they got caught it's more embarrassing like that yep. um i honestly think it's kind of a nothing burger overall like there's probably so much cheating and and stuff that goes on that we don't even see like how many times in the nfl does does a team sign a guy off a practice squad Right. And it's blatantly just to know the playbook. Mm-hmm. I think this stuff happens more than you think. And, and we just don't see the underbelly of it. Um, and I, I've heard a lot of people come forward and sort of say that. Right. Um, so I don't I don't personally think it's a big deal, but we were talking about it beforehand. I think this all comes down to politics. And I hate saying that because we're talking about kids. We're talking about 18 to 22 and 22 year olds are going to get either taken down or nothing's going to happen because of politics. It's how well liked is Harbaugh. How well liked is their AD um, within the confines of the NCA headquarters in Indianapolis, Indiana. I think that's what comes down to. I think you had a great point that I want. I'll let you make um, in, in regards to that. But I think that ultimately is, is the direction this takes is is you know i hate the harbaugh's but that's probably more of a tom crean baltimore ravens thing i was gonna say um, you're also a steelers fan and he's coaching <laughs> ravens so <laughs> yeah so so that that my bias towards harbaugh's is different right um but but yeah i ultimately don't don't see the huge issue with it yeah and i hope no i hope nothing happens personally i think and i didn't tell you this before i uh we got on here. Uh, I'll make the other point in a minute, but um, I have a friend who her sister works in um, an athletic facility department, athletic department over at an SEC school. Uh, and we were kind of talking about this a little bit. And I asked her, I said, you know, how often does stuff like this go on? And she was like, Oh, all the time. All exactly. the time. She was like, this, this kind of stuff happens a lot. And she said, honestly, people don't realize just how shady college football is. And she kind of used the example. She was like, did anybody realize how shady college basketball was um, until like they figured out the FBI and shot yeah. job and all that? Like nobody really knew. She said, if, if the NCAA is smart, they will not make a very big deal about this because if Harbaugh wants to and Harbaugh kind of will want to, I think, if he does um, get punished, he can just start opening up the floodgates uh, because she told me a story about how uh, she didn't use any names, so I don't know for sure. And I and I don't have permission to say the school that she's at, so I'm not going to say that. But uh, she was telling me about an analyst who uh, graduated from their school and uh, they hired them on as an analyst. Well, around like week seven or week eight, this analyst just like didn't show up anymore. Uh, like he he never really put anything uh, like as desk. You know, analysts don't really have desks, but like their space they can work at. Yeah. Um, it, it, and so like he never really had anything there. And then just one day, like he didn't show up, ghosted the team, ghosted everybody. Like they really didn't know what happened to him Well, they found out that like they had some missing paperwork of like some playbooks and stuff like that. Um, and they don't know what he did, but they're almost positive. He's at probably another sec school sharing some of their information and stuff like that. So um, obviously nothing concrete, but it was like super weird that like, Oh, we hire on this analyst and by week eight, he's gone. Uh, yep. This happened a couple years ago. So stuff like this happens more than I think people realize 
but the the thing that I do think will cause there to actually be some more penalties than I think people realize is that this is the new NCAA regime this year. And this is going to be like their very first time to like make a statement, put a punishment out there. Um, these recruiting violations that Harbaugh did, the, these are nothing. I mean, these are hardly any type of violations. The only reason they're mad at him is because he lied to him about it. Um, and so he already doesn't have a good reputation with them. He's for player revenue sharing, so they don't like that. Um, and so I could see this being a situation where this new regime who hasn't punished anybody yet for anything says, dude, you got recruiting violations. You got all this stuff going on. We're going to come down on you hard. And I think most likely this will end up in Harbaugh not being at Michigan next year, because I think that he's probably going to find a job either with the bears or whoever else that fires their coach this off season. Um, maybe, maybe he goes to be special teams coordinator for John Harbaugh. I don't know. Um, but you, you know, just something where he gets out of there because he doesn't want to deal with this anymore. And he realizes that, you know, he's just not long for college football when he makes this many enemies, um, in that way. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens this year. I can't imagine the Big Ten would do anything. Um, that would just seem like an admission of guilt from them. Um, that like, oh yeah, they are you know, you know, our one of our most prominent schools in college football all time, you know, our most prominent of all time probably um is cheating and we're gonna make an example of them. I just I don't see it happening. Um I think the biggest thing here is that they hired an analyst who probably grade wise couldn't even have got into Michigan. <laughs> yes. I don't, <laughs> the players are probably smarter than he is. Like wh- why you pay people back on Venmo, you're public on Venmo for all of these things to be seen. You're using your own name. Like, dude, buy a burner phone, right? Please like, literally Google how to be a criminal. Exactly. Like, like I feel like I could do this. Criminal, even... Criminals, criminals a little rough, but like, right, but still like, but secretive. Yeah. <laughs> how to be secretive. You could just type that in. <laughs> <laughs> would have probably helped. So, um, yeah, I I think that if this was anybody else, it would probably be nothing. And the coordinator, you know, one of the two coordinators, because of the stuff that Ohio State has been putting out, would probably be, you know, um, probably be suspended maybe a game or two. Um, but when you have evidence, like the news that just came out earlier today, when you have evidence that this dude bought tickets for 40-plus games – this season alone. I mean, the dude bought bought eight games for Ohio State. Eight games this season, including that Penn State game. Like, I mean, now obviously they didn't go to all of them because they have games in the future. Ohio State hasn't played eight games yet. But still, like, he has bought all these games. He has a network of people that he has going to these games and recording the sideline. Like, I don't know if it's actually that big at other places, but it – looks that big this way and um he was really really stupid and, the, and how he did it the numbers do look super bad from when this guy was hired to when mm-hmm. he was wasn't hired like that's probably the most damning evidence is yeah. uh there does seem to be an effect um now is that just people is that just causation because i mean their team really did kind of flip a switch um was it because of this i don't know if you can be definite on that um, what I want to hear is, is I mean, you're you're from Columbus. Mm-hmm. Like, did they have the pitchforks out? Because, like, 
here in Indianapolis, I'll admit, like, no one's really talking about this. I got friends in Chicago. No one's really talking about this. Yeah. But, like, Columbus? I mean, Dude, I feel, Ohio like, State you, feel like you guys is, are ready to go. Ohio State Twitter is unhinged right now on this stuff. Of course, I run the Big Ten Huddle account, which I haven't tweeted much about this on because, you know, all I did was I tweeted out the video that one of the 10 TV uh, that's the news station over yeah. in Columbus put out. And of course I had Michigan fans all in my mentions about how biased of a podcast this is. And, you know, he hates Michigan and he's just one big last state fan. I was like, well, at least I tell you who I'm a fan of. There's people out there right. who won't even tell you because they're babies. But, um, you know, like it, it was like, calm down. You know, if we're actually looking at this, if you're actually looking at this from an unbiased perspective, you know, this isn't good. I never said that you're going to lose your coach and that you're going to be banned from the playoffs or anything like that. But, you know, this isn't good. I will say that I do think because of Michigan's schedule being a little bit softer and because of all this stuff, too, if more information just keeps coming out, if they lose to Ohio State, I don't see there being any way they make the playoffs. Even if they beat Penn State, too, I don't see there being any way they make the playoffs because. I think that there's just too much smoke around all this stuff. And um, the NCAA doesn't want this to be news. No, they don't. And if all. they, if they make like they, you're right. If they don't get an automatic bid, there is zero chance. They, they, they are the team put in by the committee because the NCA does not want this. They, they, the NCA acts like nobody knows they do awful things. Everybody knows but they don't want to admit that everyone knows and they want this buried as quick as possible. Right. I've always said that the NCAA doesn't act until it's public. Like it, yep. they're, they're kind of like, do whatever you want. Just don't let it be public, you know? And then of course, all this information comes out about Michigan and it's like, you know, they're looking at Michigan. They're like, really guys, you could have got away with this. You just don't have to be stupid. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> you know? The uh, dumbest guy of all time. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, I know that some people have been talking about like the, um, the new clause or whatever or new rule that like Jim Harbaugh, even if he doesn't know, he could still get punished because of the you know like institutional control rule. I think is what it's called. Um, I, I think that he'll get a minor punishment, but I think at the end of the day, Harbaugh's just done with this. I think he wants to go to the NFL. Uh, he showed that he can build a program in college. You know cheating or not um and nfl team is probably going to hire him at the very least as some kind of defensive coordinator or something like that uh and he would see that as a better gig than you know coaching in an area where the ncaa is never going to leave him alone yeah he just doesn't need it right he's i mean i don't know if you'd want to admit this but i mean he does he he's the most successful coach at michigan since when since a long time he's boy car probably yeah, he's brought Michigan back. He, Michigan's in a better place um, than when he got it there. He's accomplished big things. Like I don't, I'm sure his goal is to win national championships, plural. Mm-hmm. But if he steps back and looks at what he's done, no one will say it isn't a success. So you're right. Like being a college coach is way more difficult than being a, a head coach. Um, now, now the pay. Um, you know, it's about equal, if not, uh, maybe a little higher right. in, uh, in college ranks, but, um, well, and the thing with being a college coach is like, and, and we could go all day on like the differences between NFL and college. And I don't want to do that, but we can at least say this is like, you know, when you're a college coach, you're basically worshiped, 
You know, yes. like when you're in the NFL, it's like, oh, it's this dude's fault. This dude sucks. Why can't he call a player? You know, everybody hates him. The players hate him. The, you know, the assistant coaches hate him. The fans hate him, everybody. But when you're a college coach, like you could literally have the worst offense in the world, cough, cough, Iowa, and fans still love you. You could literally hire your son to run the worst offense ever and fans still love you. Now, obviously not all of them. There are a good amount of Iowa fans that want Kirk Ferentz gone, but I think that stems more from wanting Brian Ferentz gone. And they think, well, if Brian Ferentz is gone, Kirk is probably going to go too. Um, But people just have this affinity for college coaches differently than they do NFL coaches, especially the players. I mean, these players, even though they're making NIL money, it's not nearly what guys are making in the NFL. So they don't feel as entitled. They don't feel as, you know, much in charge or anything like that. And so even though players are getting paid and there probably will be more that they get paid for, you know, being a college coach, it's a lot nicer of a gig in terms of how much people like you rather than the NFL. Unless maybe you're Ohio State, then people hate you, hate you if you lose one game. But <laughs> Standards are high. Standards, Standards are, high. are high. All right. You got any more thoughts on that, Brandon? No. No. Uh, you have a good question. Do I, do, you, do I think Michigan will be better or worse? Man, I think that that freight train is just going to keep rolling. Yeah. Um, JJ looks stronger every week. That run game is what we thought they were. That defense is real. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't think they're worse for it. I don't know how much better they can be, to be honest. So yeah. I, I certainly don't think they're going to be worse for it. Yeah, I think they play with a bigger fire uh, after this. Um, they got to they gotta prove it. They, they literally have bull, bulletin board material now. Right, right. They have a bigger fire, and they have they have the material that they need. I mean, if they were going to get fired up from the free Harbaugh, I can't imagine you know how they're going to be fired up for all this stuff. Which, hey, again, you know, if you love your coach, you know, even if he you know did something that everybody else deems is silly, uh, the the players love him and they're going to fight for him. So, uh, yeah, I think I think this Michigan freight train is just going to keep rolling, uh, and the only. Thing that could possibly stop them as Ohio State, and even as an Ohio State fan, okay, Michigan fans, don't tell me that I'm biased, okay? Uh, I think you're probably going to win again this year. I think you're probably going to win pretty big, and Ohio State's probably not going to make the playoffs. That's just the way I think. Um, I could be wrong. Hopefully I am wrong. But, I mean, I, I just – I don't think the knowing plays makes that big of a deal, and that's kind of why I'm surprised they got as deep into it as they did because – I really don't think it makes that big of a deal. Um, well, as an Ohio State guy, do you want to know what my uh, Big Ten prediction was sure. for the Big Ten East? Yeah. Um, so, since we're here, um, I think every home team wins. I think so. I think it's a three-way tie. Oh. Um, I, I, I think, and I think, think Penn uh, State upsets Michigan in a couple weeks. Man, they look so rough. I. I, I I may backtrack that, but that was my prediction at the beginning of the year that all three teams are tied and Ohio State wins that tiebreaker. Yeah. It could happen. It could happen. I'm not trying to say it it won't happen or anything like that, uh, but I will say that the... Uh, I do think you guys lose in Michigan, though. Yeah. But you already did the hard thing, which was beat Penn State at home. Right. So... Um, so I'm sure and you I guys think, are huge Nittany Lion fans now. Right. I think Penn State's a different team at home than they are on the road. Um, so I, I do think that it's harder for a new quarterback to go on the road than it is at home. So um, fortunately, unfortunately, they won't have the whiteout. The whiteout's a great atmosphere. But um, yeah. still, at noon, when you're playing for your 
um, season, season. kind of like they are. And you have all the smoke about Harbaugh and how much he's beaten them lately and stuff like that. I think that team is going to be at least a little bit fired up. Oh, um, yeah. To, number one yeah. defense. Yeah. Yep. And honestly, I know some people say Ohio State put up 20 on them. They still looked really good. The only difference was Ohio State had Marvin Harrison Jr. They couldn't cover him. I mean, that was the biggest difference in that one. Um, but guess what, Michigan? I know Roman Wilson is a speedy guy, and he's and he's good. I'm not denying that at all. But he's not Roman – or he's not Marvin Harrison no, Jr. There is no other Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. So, all right. Hey, thanks, Brandon. Appreciate you coming on. Appreciate everybody for watching. Uh, do follow the Big Ten Huddle on Twitter. Uh, and do remember, we are brought to you by Big Banter Sports, bigbantersports.com. Find all of your college basketball and college football Big Ten media needs there. We'll see you next time on the Big Ten Huddle. See ya.